With light switch labels, you can now correctly identify which is the correct switch at a glance. Light switch labels have a transparent backing and are applied and removed simply. They're perfect for switches, power boards, appliances, or even other features outside the home. So avoid the confusion of large light switch plates and visit our website at abcdistributors.com.au and visit our Facebook page at Light Switch Labels. Jewelry Glow Sale, nose piercing, fake nose ring, cartilage ring, and more. Go to etsy.com, etsy.com, and search Jewelry Glow. Crow's feet, ugly bags, fine lines, wrinkles. Unless you've stopped aging, it gets worse. Identifying your eye issues, puffiness, dark circles, wrinkles, dryness, that's the easy part. Finding an eye cream that will make them disappear, not so easy. Essence to beauty takes away the guesswork. Do you want to slow down or reverse the aging process around your eyes? Essence to Beauty has a soothing and hydrating cucumber peptide eye gel that will give your eyes a noticeable lift. Peptides are a very powerful ingredient that penetrates deep into your skin, making a noticeable difference around your eyes. We've got the answer to help you regain your youth, adding years back to your eyes. Go to eyesgreen.com and get your youthful look back today. This needs to be said.
Thank you so much for joining us today for This Needs to Be Said. We have our special guest who's going to help us get our house in order today, and she talks about some things that we may not want to think about, like our aging parents or relatives, and how do we support them? What do we do next? She's here to help us answer some of those questions if your situation falls into this category. And she let me know it's Alley Learning Center. So it's A-L-L-E Learning Center. All right, uh, we're going to invite her in in just a moment. Jennifer, who is a former classroom teacher turned technology salesperson, who together with her sister founded this organization. So at this time, I'm welcoming her into This Needs to be Said. How are you, Jennifer? I'm doing well, thank you. How about you? I am wonderful and excited about this opportunity. We're we're here together, and on my Thursdays, I theme it getting your house in order, and it can be anything about a person's house, whether it's physical, spiritual, family-wise, like what we're going to talk about on today. It just helps to give people some ideas of the options that are out there. And as I was going over your information and doing some research on you, I realized you guys identified a problem and became and came along assisted and independent living uh, facilities and offered your services. So before we get into that with Allie Learning, I want to know about Jennifer. Where did Jennifer come from? What's your story? Okay. Well, my story is that I um, started out as a classroom teacher, and I taught elementary school for about eight years, and then um, I moved into technology sales. Um, So I worked for a very large software company for about 30 years doing uh, business-to-business sales. And I always missed the creative aspect of teaching. Um, You know, business takes itself very seriously, of course. And in, um, you know, technology, it's a pretty black-and-white world. So there was always kind of that nagging thought, you know, in the back of my head that, wow, this isn't, you know, extremely creative. It isn't creative at all. And my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, and um, she stayed at home as long as she could, and then she needed to move into an assisted living community. And we found a lovely one here in Phoenix that was, um, you know, very nice and um, provided most of her needs with the exception of daily activities. And my mom is a woman that has had been very uh, – she was a classroom teacher as well. She had gone back to uh-huh. college – even after she started teaching, to get a master's in anthropology because it was something she had already been always been interested in. And so when we started talking to other residents that lived with her, we found that they had very exciting backgrounds. You know, there were attorneys, there, there was a woman who was a professional chef and had owned multiple restaurants. Um, there was, you know, there were doctors. It was just a very diverse group. You're talking about the other um, people in the... The um, other residents, the res- yes. Oh wow! Yeah, the other before residents. we before yeah. we get into that, before we get into that, um, tell I wanted to know how did you why did you transition yourself from being a classroom teacher into the world of technology? Because it sounds like you really enjoy the creativity that was um, there. That's a that's a good question. I um, I was really encouraged by my husband, uh, who was also in sales, to um, put my energy towards something that was a little more lucrative shall we say? Okay. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll give it a try. And I really liked technology because when I got started in that, you know, very few of us knew the difference between software and hardware. There were no um, laptop computers. There were no desktop computers. You know, there were dedicated word processors. So 
One of the first things I discovered, though, about sales was helping people solve problems. And I learned early on that no one's going to spend any money with you if you're not helping them solve a problem. So right. uh, I, I guess in some sense the, there was a creative aspect there because um, it's, it's a bit of a different way of looking at sales. Um, but uh-huh. I was very successful, and I had some wonderful customers. So, um, you know, it was, a, it was a good mom, career for me. But then when things happen with your mom, is that where you had to shift from technology, or are you still in technology at all? No, I'm retired from technology, and that is mm-hmm. where I had the shift. And uh, this is a good segue for that because um, the community where my mom lives in assisted living uh, publishes a monthly calendar. And um, if you go to really any of these facilities or communities, their calendars pretty much look the same. Um, They're doing a pretty good job with health and wellness, Um, you know, getting people to exercise and some physical therapy and um, meals, you know, eating healthy food. Um, and doing, uh, you know, a lot of communities offer yoga and, you know, stretching things. Um, But then we looked at the mind stuff, their brains, and it was, you know, bingo and bridge. And my mom had never played bridge because she had always worked. She had always taught school, and she never had time to play bridge. And she played bingo only because her grandkids wanted her to play bingo, not because she chose to do that as an adult. So um, basically my sister and I went to the activity director um, of this uh, community where my mom lived, and we asked if we could start a little program and we would be volunteers. We would do it purely on a volunteer basis. So we started with a book group, and we had uh, the first book we read was The Aviator's Wife by Melanie Benjamin, and it's a wonderful story about Anne and Charles Lindbergh. And what's particularly useful about that book is the age group that we were working with because all of these residents are in their 80s and some of them in their 90s. So they lived through Charles Lindbergh. And it brought back just incredible memories for them. And we just had some wonderful discussions around, uh, you know, we found out that, you know, one person was a pilot and she had started out as a crop duster for, you know, her dad's farm and then went into the WACs. Well, nobody, uh, you know, the, the Women's Air Corps. And nobody else in this whole community knew that she had done that. So Well, I want to know, I don't mean to cut you off, but, it, I mean, it's interesting. No? But I, but I want to make that connection because you, you all saw, that, okay, well, there's nothing stimulating, but what in you made made you think that, okay, they need to have something stimulating? Because, of course, you have the people who are the experts, and I'm quoting, I'm doing air quotes, um, that yes. are the experts who did not see the need that you guys came in and successfully implemented. What made you think about this? Was it your mom's life and, and how stimulating her life may have been? Or what made you think? Because you said, you know, there were all kinds of professions among the residents before that are now, you know, suffering. Well, say suffering. That's such a tough word. That are now right. living right. with Alzheimer's. So what was it that was a switch for you guys saying, hey, there's a need here and you guys are not addressing it, but we were willing to volunteer. What was it? Um, yeah, that, that it, was, it was directly related to our mom. We, we knew that our mom was social and she still had her social skills and a lot of the other residents did as well. And we knew that we always liked the class format, taking a class. 
So that's that's how we structured our offering, our alley learning um, offering, if you will, is that we mm-hmm. took it from the perspective that you are coming to a class, and the class today mm-hmm. is going to be on Anne and Charles Lindbergh. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the concept of lifelong learning. And, yes, there are many experts in the field, and we would not profess to be experts in this, you know, at all. This is just really coming from our heart, you know, what mm-hmm. <laughs> what 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 kind of programs we want to deliver and the kind of reception, mm-hmm. of course, that we get from, you know, the residents. Um, but um, they come to a class. They have a three-ring notebook. They take notes. They get handouts. Um, we do some kind of a reinforcement project. Um, we are not a lecture series. And uh, mm-hmm. many of the other um, offerings out there are lectures where where you go, you go in and sit down and you listen to someone talk for 45 minutes and then you get up and you walk out. Or there are some, you know, DVD and, uh, you know, DVD courses as well as uh, TED, you know, on uh, on the mm-hmm. Internet. But again, that mm-hmm. requires no interaction. And we and see, really that, wanted you, to get you these. added that social piece, right? Absolutely, we wanted to get these oh, people right. talking about themselves. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. I like that. That that makes it. Um. What What have you seen as a result of this? Let me back up. You are in Arizona. Um, yes. And I'm going to ask some other questions around that because when you say here, I want people to know where, where you're referring to okay. here. Um, you're in Arizona. That's okay. Um, you're in Arizona. And how long um, ago did you start Alley Learning? Well, Alley Learning started um, about three years ago. And we did uh-huh. um, a full year as volunteers and uh-huh. um, at, the, at the community yep. where my mom was living. So that was really And what our, kind of results our, did you see as a, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm excited about no. the topic. <laughs> I know. It was amazing. It was amazing. When we first went to the activity director, she said, well, the only day you can have is Saturday because there's really nothing on our calendar for Saturday, and it wouldn't interfere with any of the ac- other activities we have, and we don't want to create any more work for any of the staff. So we right. said, okay, we'll take Saturday, and we'll be completely turnkey. And in this building, my mom's building, there were 48 residents. So that's that was our population that we had to draw from. And we mm-hmm. usually averaged close to 30 people every Saturday. And that is a phenomenal uh, percentage. If you go mm-hmm. to a lot of these communities and you go down for bingo or you go down for, you know, something else, they have eight people, you know, or ten people. Um, so it's it, we had overwhelming response from the residents, first of all, because now – there was something to do on Saturday, and we called it Saturday School. So they came okay. to Saturday School. They got a notebook. They got dividers every week. They would put their handouts in there. If they wanted to take notes, they could. We'd do a reinforcement project. That might go in their notebook or might go up on the wall, you know, depending on what it is. And um, so the results were amazing. And we used to, you know, tell them, uh, bring family members. You know, if your sons and daughters are granddaughters or grandsons are here to visit, bring them as well. Because it's something for families to do when they go to visit. And Mm -hmm. um, that was really um, something that we didn't expect. So we did that for about a year, and then um, we put ourselves together as a business and uh, continued to do the volunteer classes where my mom lived. 
and then we started marketing ourselves to other uh, communities here in Arizona. Nice. Now, with that being said, where do you see it going from there? Because I was going to ask, definitely, you answered that question for me. Did you guys eventually branch out to other uh, facilities? But, you know, a few years from now, five years, ten years, where do you see this going? Well, um, you know, I would I would love to see there to be an entire shift in this industry, um, especially because of the baby boomers coming along. And the baby boomers are not currently of the mind that they will live in these communities, but we know that they uh-huh. probably will eventually because uh, you start having, you know, physical breakdowns and, uh, you know, you need some help and you're in this big old house and you're going to downsize. Well, you know, maybe a two or three bedroom apartment would be, you know, enough room for me. So we know that boomers, the baby boomers are going to move that way, but we also know that they've had interesting careers. And they're not people that are going to go downstairs and, um, you know, put stickers on a piece of paper for to celebrate a holiday. They're not going to play bingo. Um, I do, I'm, you know, I'm in my 60s, and I don't know any of my friends who play bridge. So bridge is, um, there may be people out there still playing it that are that are younger, but it's really an, an older person's uh, game. So as those people age out, then we're going to have to have something to replace the calendar with. And um, we just think it's lifelong learning. And lifelong learning is where you approach it as a student. You know, there's something here for me to learn. Yesterday we did a presentation, a class out at a, a community here on Ellis Island and Angel Island and the origins of immigration to the United States. And it really... Um, you know, really helped all of these people, of course. You know, we told them to bring things from their families if they'd done any uh, genealogy research or if they had any photos of family members who had immigrated. And so a couple of them did bring things in. Most, A lot of them had stories. Oh, I remember my great-grandpa came in from Norway or, you know, something like that. Um, very few of them were even knowledgeable about Angel Island, which is the island on the West Coast, off the coast of San Francisco, where uh, Chinese people immigrated. Uh, that, that was their holding island. And when you do a comparison between Alice and Angel, it's just very revealing. Um, and then we followed that up with a debate. We, you know, we moved from Alice Island and Angel Island into today's immigration. And, of course, they all had an opinion about it. And then when we divided them into two teams, the, the pro team and the con team, uh, many of them were flustered. And they said, "Well, I can't be on the pro team because I, I'm not, I'm not 100%, you know, in favor of open borders." And well, you know, we said that doesn't matter because this is your debate team. This is the team that you're on. This right. is the side that you're on. Right. So you have to find a way to find the pros about. And it was really cute. We, you know, we had a debate, and then they did crossfire, and then we did a, a closing, uh, you know, summary. And, uh-huh. you know, they all applaud. They all cheer. It's like, uh, you know, one of our residents says, every time I leave this class, I have a new wrinkle in my brain because you've really made me think and use my brain. And that's what uh-huh. we tell them at the beginning of every class. Is this is not, you know, parts of this aren't going to be easy. And we may ask uh-huh. you to step outside of your comfort zone. And... um 
you know, we want you to be, we would never put you in a situation that would embarrass you, but we want you to be open to learning new things and to learning things about subjects that we thought we knew a lot about. So uh-huh. that's that's what we try to do is we try to break down a subject that is interesting to us. My sister's a professional chef, and so she has uh-huh. a class on Julia Child. And, um, okay. you know, we bring in all the French herbs and um, uh, spices, and we pass those around, and I get to taste them and feel them and smell them. And then um, so we, we every class we try to have ways that they have to use their whole being. Wow. What we're going to do is take a short break, Jennifer, and we're going to come back and we're going to talk some more about the program and what you and your sister are doing. And what I specifically want to know, I want to hear from you what the facilities are saying about this project. I'm assuming it's good, but I want to hear from you. We're going to take a short break. Okay, great. Would you love to get rid of those bags under your eyes? Would you love a facelift, but you don't want to pay for an expensive and risky surgery? If you answered yes, and if you have a face, then you need to watch this two-minute jaw-dropping video. Do it now. Your face will thank you. Facelift2minutes.com. That's facelift2minutes.com. Introducing an adorable children's book series promoting family wellness. Sammy the Centipede provides information about nutrition, exercise, and balancing work and family life in a fun and colorful series. Doctors, educators, parents, and children are all raving about Sammy the Centipede. See for yourself. Visit the author's page, Maria, L-U-C-H-S-I-N-G-E-R.com. Available in print or Kindle ebook. Visit the Medical and More storefront on Amazon to find great deals on Disney, Fisher-Price, and other great products for less. Just search Medical and More within Amazon to see our amazing products and savings, such as the new baby folding sleeping tent bed for just over $5. At Medical and More, we make life easier and save you money. At Paradise Candles, we use the finest ingredients to create beautiful handmade wax candles using certifiably organic wax. Each candle has a unique blend of essential oils that is sure to relax and make you feel at peace. Choose from paraffin wax, soy wax, or beeswax, and select from calming pumpkin spice, refreshing linen, soothing lavender, or nourishing peppermint. Order now at paradisecandles.com. That's P-A-R-R-A-D-I-S-E candles.com. Do you have difficulty getting to sleep? Do you rarely feel like you actually rested during the night? You're busy, but you can't get anything done when you feel like a mindless zombie. Sue Wilhite's new sleep enhancer can help you wake up rested, alert, and energized so you can be more productive. Just listen to the sweet sound of sleep for five minutes before you go to bed so you can be ready to take on the world. Check out SweetSoundOfSleep.com for more information and to get yours today. 
TO2TO is a new social website focusing on the latest news related to music, style, show business, and culture. TO2TO aims to share news, music, and inspirational stories and offers a stage to showcase talent and dares you to be different. Alongside the best in entertainment and cultural news, there's also an original blog section. Register free at www.tio2tio.com and start interacting today. Have you ever wanted to trade the markets but felt intimidated? Now you can. Introducing From Wall Street to Your Street, a new online course that will teach you proven, time-tested strategies and techniques which were invented by the legendary market wizards. If you want to learn how to trade from real professionals, this course is for you. Head to tradeprosper.com forward slash e-book. Enter coupon code radio for 65% off. That's tradeprosper.com forward slash e-book. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, where you are royalty. Specializing in children's hair, natural, weaved, and relaxed hair. Looking for a professional stylist who cares not only about how good hair looks, but also how healthy it feels? Then Royal Destiny Salon and Spa is the place for you. Royal Destiny Salon and Spa, located at 4936 Albemarle Road, Suite 14, Charlotte, North Carolina. Call today to schedule your appointment for a more beautiful you. 724-734-8043. That number again is 724-734-8043. Thank you so much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. We've been speaking with Ms. Jennifer Clancy. She is one of the founders of Alley Learning, and she's in the Arizona area, and I want to know from her, will she be expanding outside of the area? So we'll find out up next as we continue our interview. Jennifer, what I wanted to know from you is as you're expanding there in Arizona, what have been the reviews of the facilities? Uh, well, that's a good question. Um, it's just been overwhelmingly um, rewarding for us. Um, we have a, a website and a Facebook page where we've posted all of our testimonials, and um, it's it, the feedback has just been, um, you know, when you when you start out and you you do something, you're not sure if you're really doing the right thing or if it's going to appeal to um, people, and um, this has really reinforced that we are on the right track. Um, one of the things that uh, these communities like the most is that we're completely turnkey. So we send in the facilitator, we bring in all the presentation materials and uh, all the reinforcement project materials, and uh, we take complete control for an hour class, a 90-minute class, or a two-hour class. And, um, you know, there's there's no uh, involvement on their part other than that we do encourage them to come and, you know, sit through the classes. But it's it's been pretty amazing. Did you expect such a response? Um, well, I knew that we were solving a problem, and I um, I really didn't um, expect this level of um, support from the community, from the industry, because um, I felt like we were 
asking communities to change the way they were doing things a little bit. And we're not experts in that field. So who are we to come in and say, gee, have you thought about doing it this way? Um, So anytime there's a shift in, uh, you know, how people are doing their jobs or what their expectations are, you know, there's always the possibility that they would feel threatened and would oppose us just based on the fact that we're offering something different. Right. Well, with that um, great feedback, surprising feedback, and the staff, because one of the first concerns um, you said that they wanted to listen. We already overbooked. We, you know, we got too much to do, and you know that idea might work, but we can't do it. You know, we don't have room on our plate for that. And with you coming in, did you find in your planning? Well, let me back up. I think that's great that it was accepted that way, and that you were able to step in. There was a a, a problem. You solved it. And that's the awesome part. Do you feel like you were able to take your classroom teacher experience and your technology experience and use that, or did you have to get a whole new skill set to put together this program? Um, no, actually, I think the teacher in me and, and my sister as well, um, she taught for a while, although she did end up working for a lot of museums or several museums, uh, art museums. Um, I think the teacher aspect is very important. And, uh, you know, a really good teacher can just about teach anything. So what we found is that um, we have a handful of retired teachers. Well, actually, two are current current teachers, um, and the other uh, four are retired. And they, they, they are as enthusiastic and as excited about this as we are. And that's the important part, is that if we place someone at, um, you know, a facility for a specific class, we want it to be something that they're knowledgeable about, but we also want our materials packaged so that they can walk through the presentation, they can do the reinforcement project, and they can leave those residents feeling like they've just attended, you know, an awesome class. Um, so that's that's personality is personality and skill from teaching. Uh, those are those are big pieces. Now, how big is your team? Because it sounds like you started with just you and your sister and you have some other team um, mates now with your business. Yeah, we do. Um, and then we have a, we're starting to build a, a database of collectors, people that have collected things over their lifetime, because um, we're finding that, that that subject of collection is very interesting to people. Um, so we have one person who has about a $2,000 doll collection. And when and she has divided her dolls into 18th and 19th century, and into baby dolls and fashion dolls and uh, dolls from you know other parts of the world. And so she'll come in and do a presentation for us, and the residents bring their dolls. You know, or they talk about, okay. well, I didn't get to have a doll when I was little because we were on a farm, and uh, and my dad always said, if you want a doll, go feed the cows, or you know something like that. <laughs> and um, but it's just. It's just wonderful. We have um, a wonderful young lady that does science classes for us. And, uh-huh. um, you know, it's just amazing. We try to focus on things, again, that are relevant to the residents. Uh, we do a lot of things around the weather and, um, you know, weather in other parts of the country and um, uh, current events. We have a, a, a former teacher who ha- runs the current event modules for us and, so I'd say right now we're about a team of about 12 to 15 people. Wow. And this has just yeah. been in a few years, yeah. right? 
Yep. So yep. so are these other people um, uh, children of the residents like you and your sister? No. Um, uh, actually, one the one with the doll collection is um, a, a child of a resident uh, where my mom lived, and that's how we met her. Um, the others are through networking, um, you know, including going back to my old teacher days um, and, uh, you know, we're working with some of these younger teachers. You know, they know somebody that does music, and so if we need a music module, then we would probably sit down and talk with that person to see, you know, how what ideas they have and how they could enhance. And then if they build the module and um, deliver the module, then we compensate them. Of course, they get paid for that. Okay. So um, how do you find the people that work with you? Because I was just wondering if it happened to be other of the uh, children. I say children. I know we're adults, but the children of the residents there. Um, so how do how do people come? How do people find you and say, "Hey, I can use you know what I know to help you with what you're doing"? Well, um, some of the communities that we're in will tell other people. Um, for example, uh-huh. if there's a story, if there's a storyteller that cold calls a community and says, "You know, hey, I do storytelling for senior uh, communities and." You know, I'd like to come in and talk to you about it. So they, they might talk to that person and then say, you know, have you ever heard of Alley Learning? Because that's, this is, they do our classes and, um, you know, we're, you might be interested in talking to them because they might be able to place you in, in other places. Um, but mostly, wow. you know, I, I'd say we're still small at this point and we're in a niche. You know, the, the continuous care retirement communities is a bit of a niche Um in the education world. So I think through through the old fashioned networking and, you know, making sure that people know what you do and uh inviting people to come to classes so they can see for themselves. Um but we are very careful because it does take that unique personality. Um we're not uh-huh. looking for experts in the subjects. We're looking for people that can really um you know that that can really interact with the residents. Wow, nice. Now, I was uh, saying when we came back from the break that I wanted to know um, if you plan on expanding outside of Arizona, and if so, what does that look like? We would love to expand outside of Arizona, and we'd like to do it in either a partnering or a franchise-type model where someone in another state says, you know, I want to do this in my state or in my city, and... um, then we would, you know, we would work with that person. We haven't gotten to the point yet where we're packaging our materials for resale. Um, uh-huh. And I don't know, I, you know, we've thought about that, but we, we just, nothing's pushed us over the line to do that yet. So, and, and primarily because I know there are a lot of materials out there that people can buy. And they literally sit on the desk. You know, they spend $600 for a set of DVDs. And they're going to get all the residents in a room, and they're going to play a DVD, and then they're going to have a discussion. And they usually do that one time, and then um, you know, because the residents can stay home in their pajamas and watch TV, you know. So, so right. um, you know, coming down for a DVD is, yeah, you know, probably not the most um, exciting thing in the world. And the second thing is the people that deliver these classes. You know, most of the staff um, is not 
um, you know, their first and foremost priority is health and wellness of these residents, and it should be. Um, that's the reason they're there, so they're safe and they're cared for and looked after. Um, but they're not people with education degrees. They're not people that can deliver content. They're not people that can engage uh, residents in conversations. Um, you know, so it's just it's just a different kind of skill set. And um, I think as as Ali learning, we would be very careful with you know people that we partnered with. But we're definitely open to that. So if someone in another state wanted to do that, um, you know, replicate what we've done, uh, you know, we would want to do that as a as a partner right now. Okay. Sounds good. We're going to take our final break for this show, but when we come back, of course, I want to know where did you come up with the name? Because it's all caps, A-L-L-E, so that's an acronym for something. I want to know where the name came from. And what I also want to know for, for you is as you were recognizing that your mom is developing Alzheimer's and this is something that you, as you, your family is going to have to live with, what was that experience like, okay? Because there's people out there that says, okay, we skipped right over that part. You know, we got right to the program. But I want to know, like, you led up to the, you know, mom, you have to make some adjustments. And as we all have aging parents, this is something that we may need to consider. So we're going to take a short break, and I want to cover those things when we come back, okay? Okay. If you have not downloaded our free phone app, head on over to thisneedstobesaid.com and do so now. It's a free phone app, and every time the blue elephant pops up on your phone, you know it's time to tune in to This Needs to Be Said. And once you do that, because it takes only 60 seconds or less, you can tell a friend to do the same thing. We want to keep you connected. I told you we had some things coming up. We are going to be on TV. And as you've been supporting us for almost six years now, we want to keep you engaged and we want to keep you involved in the process. Because of you, you've helped us to grow to the point that we need to continue to expand. Yes, we tried TV before, and some of you were a part of that studio audience where we're going bigger this time because the classroom that we're in, where we're learning but needs to be said and how to say it and really just finding our own truth, we need another platform. We're going to still be here online, this needs to be said.com, but we're going to grow because you have required that we grow. There are more people that need to hear what needs to be said. So thank you. So after you download the free phone app and right next to that, join the free text club, tell a friend to do the same thing. And I want to say thank you to everyone who's given us five minutes of their time five minutes to tune in to any part of this needs to be said to hear what needs to be said. We've had some tremendous guests over the years, and I would even say this week. We've had some phenomenal guests over this past week, and they've given us lots of things that we can use, and I've heard you, and I thank you for tuning in and sharing your feedback with us, and I hope that you're learning something today with our guest, Ms. Jennifer Clancy. We're going to get more into the discussion of the family's point of view of dealing with Alzheimer's and how it changes the lives of your family and how you can deal with it. Sounds like Jennifer, she's doing an amazing job, her and her family, and they're very upbeat and they found a problem and now they're solving that problem for themselves as well as other families. So stay tuned for more from Jennifer Clancy. Hi, this is Johnny Reed. And when I need to hear what needs to be said, I tune into This Needs to Be Said Radio with Catherine This Needs to Be Said Waddell. Catherine, Keep telling it just like it is. 
much for staying tuned to This Needs to Be Said. We are talking with Ms. Jennifer Clancy of Allie Learning. Go to Allie-Learning.com. That's A-L-L-E hyphen learning.com. So you want to go out and check out what kind of programs they offer in the Arizona area. And if you are interested in any of the services that she's offering, you want to definitely connect with her and her team there. So before the break, I was asking Jennifer, to talk to us about the family's point of view about dealing with Alzheimer's and how their family had to adjust. So we're going to get into that now. So, Jennifer, talk to us about that part. And first of all, I want to know where did Alley Learning come from, the name? Okay, good. Um, Alley Learning stands for Assisted Lifelong Learning Experience. So that's how we came up with Alley. And then we, of course, use the word learning because we think that's uh, a big focus. We're not activities. Um, and uh, we just really wanted to differentiate ourselves between, you know, arts and crafts programs and the learning, the concept of learning. Okay. 
So talk to us about when you all learned that mom was beginning in the beginning stages of Alzheimer's and, you know, progressively um, something that you guys were going to have to adjust to um, accommodate her. What was that experience like and what have you learned that other uh, families deal with too? Yes, that was um, probably about 10 years ago. Um, Her family doctor thought that there was some signs of dementia and she referred us to the Alzheimer's Banner Clinic, which is here in Phoenix. Um, And I wasn't even aware that this place existed, but it's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, facility. Uh, They're focused on Alzheimer's research. And so mom was able to, well, really anybody can go there. Uh, They, you know, they take all insurance policies and uh, Medicare. And um, that's the first thing I would recommend to a family is to get involved with a clinic or uh, an association that really offers the the total perspective on what is happening. And Banners did, uh, Banner Alzheimer's did an evaluation and they said, mm-hmm, early stage. And um, then we started noticing as the weeks went on that, um, you know, mom was, was becoming less able to take care of herself. Um, uh-huh. So she first started with allowing us to have someone to come into the house. And then she um, got mad at all those people, which, I mean, if you knew my mother, she had this amazing Tell personality. Us about your mom. She was, yeah, yeah, so sweet. Um, as my sister would say, um, our parents adored us and we adored them. So, um, Mm -hmm. you know, taking care of our mom was just kind of something that we didn't even have to question because we knew we would do that. But both of our parents were very, very um, sweet. Uh, They were very um, interested in other people. They were not judgmental. Um, And they were interesting themselves. So they always had something to, you know, kind of bring to the party. And um, our mom was retired. My dad had uh, died, had passed away of cancer. And she was starting to rebuild her life when when all this kind of started. And, um, of course, we didn't use the word Alzheimer's with her. I don't know uh, if, I don't know if other families do that or if we were in denial or if we were trying to protect her, but we never really used that word. Um, she thought that we were all in this memory study together every time we went to Banner Alzheimer's and they would do the tests and the research. And, actually, we were all all part of it as well. Um, it's a very, very hard disease. Um, she did uh, pass away uh, in December of 2014, this past year. Mm. And okay. um, it just, yeah, it, you know, physically for an 89-year-old, she was, um, she had the heart of a 50-year-old. Uh, you know, she yeah. didn't have high blood pressure. She wasn't diabetic. Uh, she hadn't fallen. So she was really very physically healthy. But her mind, you know, Alzheimer's is just, um, you know, you just really can't even explain it, uh, you know, what it does to people. But I would I would really recommend to family members, and, and I'm not saying, you know, you have to join a support group or, you know, you have to do things like that. But a lot of the associations offer events that you can attend with your family member. And it gives you an idea of how these things can be structured because their world is changing so much. You know, they get to the point where they don't like crowds and they don't want to go to places that are new that they haven't been before. And one of mm-hmm. the one of the programs that um, 
Banner Alzheimer's Clinic ran here in Phoenix is in uh, partnership with the Phoenix Art Museum. So an Alzheimer's patient can go to the art museum with their caregiver, and then they have a special speaker that talks about one or two pieces of art. And it's, that's just enough. You know, you don't have to see the whole museum in order to know that you've been there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there were many times that, you know, I knew my mom just had a great time and she loved hearing about the artist and, you know, talking about the piece of art on the wall and we'd leave and we'd be driving down the street and she'd say, are we going to the art museum this week? So that, that's really mm-hmm. how Alzheimer's, uh, you know, Alzheimer's affects the family. It's, well, Mom, we were just there. You know, you can't say that. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. You know, and, and so. as you as you said that I because I'm not an expert in that area either. I'm just aware of some people who have had to live with it and their family members, and the frustration of the family because they said, "Well, I just told Grandma that," or "I just told Mom that," I just I just said that, right. and I, just in my imagination, I'm thinking it doesn't help for you to say that because I'm thinking they don't remember, hence dementia or Alzheimer's. Right. So you know, yeah, repeating no, it again they don't. hurts who. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, one of the things we learned um, is that we really, you really have to get in their world. Um, they are no longer in your world. And if you're trying to do things or make things for them that bring them back to your world, it's not going to happen. So you get in their world. You look at things from their perspective. And uh, my mom used to love the newspaper. You know, she'd get that newspaper mm-hmm. in the morning and she'd start reading through it. And she'd probably spend all day with the newspaper. And she would read the same mm-hmm. articles to me about the weather and about sports and about immigration. And, you know, she would read those over and over again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yeah, really, Mom? And we tried, we just tried really hard not to ever say, you already told us that. You know, we've already been through that. We're not going to go through it again. Because that doesn't mean anything to her. The only thing that that meant to her was that we had a tone. And that tone right. was not positive. Right. And they feel wow. that. And, you know, one of the things that we learned as well is the the aspect of emotion and how um, they feel emotion to the very end. So they know if, um, you know, if you're being short with them or angry with them or um, frustrated with them, they 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 don't know what you're. They may may not be able to register what you're saying or understand why, but they know that mm-hmm. tone. And um, yeah, so you know, we just tried to really watch I think that. That's important. That's very important. I was reading something um, a couple of probably about a week or so ago. It's the Elephant Journal, something I found on Facebook, and of course with my. Um, elephant in the room it caught my eye and I want to know what this is about so I've been reading their series of articles and one of them said just what you said to get into their world which I always thought they were always talking about relationships but this one um, was I always thought they were talking about romantic relationships but they were talking about um, Alzheimer's in this particular one and they were saying uh, especially if you you know if your caregiver say like the, the people the staff that work with your mom that they would not say you know we just did that. They wouldn't, you know, go through all of that. They would, you know, okay, um, they would pretend that they're the sister that they've missed or whatever. They'd get into that, you know, with them so they can earn that trust because they, what they said in the article was that if you 
try to make them come into your world, as you were saying, it will make them fearful. And what you're mm-hmm. going to do is mm-hmm. regain their trust because if they've wandered out of bed in the middle of the night, how do you get them back to bed? And telling mm-hmm. them to go back to bed or, you know, you have no business out here is not going to do it. So when right. you said um, they feel the emotions attached to that, that could raise fear in them. And they're not quite, you know, they're not sure why, but they know they, they, they don't right. like it. So I'm glad you explained that a little more to me. I just got that from reading the the article covering it. And it was interesting to me that, you know, get into their world. If you feel like you're play acting or you feel silly, it, it's okay because the, the goal is to get get them to feel safe or to complete whatever task it is, like returning to bed or not stepping out into traffic, wherever they may have wandered off. So that's been interesting. We're about to wrap up our interview together. I have enjoyed my time with you immensely. Before we give them your contact information, before I let you do that, I want to know, like, one of the most interesting things that happened with your um, your mom during this process, and it could be something that was an aha moment for you and your family, just something that really, and alley learning could very well be that thing, but what was something that happened over the time um, of your mother's dealing with Alzheimer's that was just, you know, like a very beautiful moment for you and your family? Um, well, you know, this is interesting. I think one of the, the first things that comes to mind is, her love for reading and she always uh my mom was always reading she always had a stack of books by the bed and she tells people that my sister and I were reading at the age of six months you know that she used to put books in her crib and we started reading them so reading that's not true we didn't do that um but um, reading was always (laughs) (laughs) reading was always really important to her and um so that's one of the the things that we tried to keep going. And that's why we started with the book when we started um, Alley Learning, where my mom was living, because we had been having little little book studies with her. And most people would say, well, isn't that hard? You know, wasn't that hard for her to remember? Um, she could no longer read the book by herself, but she could read the book with us. She could follow along. Mm-hmm. And because she had these all these past memories, of things growing up, we always tried to keep the book around things that would that that would have meaning for her, and we did that until you know the very end. Uh, we would always have a book going, and um, I think that was a real aha moment because I think a lot of people will tell you that people with Alzheimer's no longer read; they can't even track you know a TV program, uh, they don't listen to the radio, they don't you know they can't. They can't process this information. And the aha moment associated with that is that it's just for that moment. You know, we don't expect her to remember Chapter 3 of a book, you know, six hours later. It was just whatever she's experiencing in that moment was enough for us. Nice. So that's that's kind of my aha moment. And I've enjoyed talking with you as well. So this has been wonderful. I'm glad. I'm glad. I like to hear that especially um, after we've spent so much time together over the past hour. I want you to tell yes. people how to get in touch with you and learn more about your program. And, you know, if for whatever reason they're interested in expanding it outside of Arizona, that they definitely can get with you and you guys can begin to build together. And I love that this was built, you know, with it was a personal thing. You know, you needed to help your mom and you guys just, you, it just, it sounds great. Like it's, to me, it was just, 
it just made sense. But the staff didn't have the manpower to do it, and you all were able to supplement them there. But give them how to get in touch with you. Yes, absolutely. Uh, website or Facebook. Uh, we're, we have a you Facebook page. Okay. Yep, Allie Learning. And um, then our website is, as you said, allie-learning.com. All right. And there's a place Jennifer, there where you, can, where you can reach me. Okay, well, thank you, Catherine. Thank you so much for being a part of this Needs okay. to Be Said. And if you guys happen to expand outside of Arizona and you want to come back and talk about it, let me know, and we'll do this again. Perfect. That'd be great. All right. Have a great day. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jennifer Clancy, and I hope that you've learned something new about the Alzheimer's community. She and her sister created a program to come alongside assistant and independent living facilities to bring stimulating activities to the residents there, and they're in Arizona. So that I, I just think that's amazing because if you've ever gone into any kind of resident nursing home, assistant living, you see the same things. They may be crocheting. They may be doing things that they never did before, not saying they shouldn't learn new activities, but something that would continue to stimulate them as much as possible to give them something that, you know, they were used to, you know, and her mom uh, being an educator herself, and then she said there were some that were lawyers and doctors that were living with Alzheimer's. Of course, those people wanted stimulating things. They, they had a stimulating life. So whenever you run into someone that you may have to repeat something to and you may not know if they're living with any early signs of dementia or Alzheimer's, just repeat. Don't get upset. Don't get frustrated. Don't say, I just said that. Um, a moment ago, because you never know. And the energy, when she talked about the emotions, they remember that. They remember how you made them feel versus um, what you said. And I, I think Maya Angelou said that people will, may not remember what you did to them, but they will always remember how you made them feel. Stay, stay tuned, because up next we're going to have Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar, and this is your Daily Dose of Weird News. If you take a lunchtime run, walk, or stroll, you'll return to work feeling less stressed if you exercise in a park. Finnish researchers, they found that even short-term visits to nature areas have positive effects on perceived stress relief. Or if you're in a rush, just skip the park and listen to a song by MacArthur Park. There's a new study and it shows that babies sometimes fake cry just to get attention. As adults, it's mostly to boost ratings on a reality TV show. An 81-year-old who has kept every penny he's ever found finally cashed them in. Ira Keyes says his father told him to save money, and according to the report in Relevant Magazine, he took the admonition to heart. Back in 1952, Keyes says he started saving pennies, and he has been collecting them ever since. At least until recently, when he finally decided to cash them in all 500 pounds. The penny collection netted Keys $816. That's about $13 per year, or about $1.10 a month. So this guy is saving just over three cents per day. Proving once and for all, a penny saved is a penny. In Japan, a recent survey found that 37 wildlife display facilities have removed any creatures 
whose popular names, such as Dwarf Penguin or Blind Eel, might be considered discriminatory. Discriminatory? To who? The animals? Are the animals complaining? If so, forget the whole discriminatory to animals thing. You've got talking animals. Colton Burpo continues to stand behind his Heaven is for Real experience, even as another similar book is exposed as a fraud. According to a Charisma News report, Alex Malarkey, author of The Boy Who Came Back from Heaven, recently admitted that he did not die and did not go to heaven. But Colton, the little boy featured in the book and film Heaven is for Real, is responding to critics by reassuring his readers that his experience in heaven is absolutely true. Wait, wait a minute. The book written by a guy named Malarkey turned out to be Balderdash? And nobody saw that coming? Officials in British Columbia plan to use camera-equipped garbage trucks to film what gets dumped in order to make sure people are recycling properly. Not only will you get caught dumping a body, but you might get a fine for placing it in the wrong garbage bin. An Irish teenager who got stuck in an air vent and had to be rescued by emergency services appeared in an Australian court yesterday. The 18-year-old was allegedly trying to gain access to a nightclub after having earlier been refused entry by bouncers. He tried climbing into the nightclub in the event and became stuck. Hey, it's a story about a kid from Ireland who wanted booze. Well, that's not racial at all. That's your Daily Dose of Weird News. I'm Darren Marlar. Get more weird news anytime, anywhere at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. While you're there, you can download the free app, subscribe to our YouTube channel, get involved with our weekly caption contest, and more. Check it out at DailyDoseOfWeirdNews.com. There will never be a point in your, time, in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing, it's not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation. That a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing. They stop wanting anything. They, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like. Jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it, that you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. 
What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard, we will find inventions that we never, ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon question is, what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? Greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day, workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong? You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your pride, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a saying that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for, to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep for. If all that you dream and scheme is about it, and life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams. Yes to your unfolding future. Yes to your potential. As opposed to saying no. When you die, die on E. Leave no dream left behind, God. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish.
Listen to me, you're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe. JDSCertified.com Turn it up on me. Max Arsenal. Yeah. You make me feel good now. Yes, you do. Listen. Got my bottle in my guitar, too. To the club, see what I can do. I feel so good. Yeah. I wanna rock all night long.
Yeah. Oh. 